Good morning. I want to welcome you to our service here at Kaka'ako Christian Fellowship. Uh, so, so glad that you took time to join us. Uh, we're like, Max was saying, we're like in a really um, exciting, significant series where we're going to discover how God kind of made us, how he wired us, you know. And I remember why this is so special to me and what we're going to be talking about today is because, you know, for the longest time, I kind of felt like, you know, I looked at different people and, and they were gifted and, you know, they could, um, they could do music. Uh, some of them, you know, were, had like gifts and talents in all kinds of areas. And I looked and I said, man, I don't got like gifts or talents in, in nothing. You know, like I do a bunch of stuff okay, but there's not anything that like, who that stands out. Like Jared, you know, leading worship. I mean, I can't lead worship. I mean, I could, but it'd be bad. But, you know, I mean, you know, things like that. And, and then one day... I remember how God just kind of spoke to me, you know, just, I just kind of got a sense in my gut that what God was saying to me was, you know, Mark, um, I've given you spiritual gifts, you know? And I began to really look at what spiritual gifts were and looked in the scriptures, and I prayed. I asked some the people that I knew, and then I realized that, that God has given to everyone, including me, um, spiritual gifts. And when I began to really grab hold of that and began to, to say, you know, God, maybe you did. You know, it just kind of changed the way I lived. It kind of changed the way I kind of saw myself, that I wasn't just like, eh. But, but God loved me enough to give me some spiritual gifts. And, you know, one of the spiritual gifts, and I, I learned this because people, you know, would affirm to me all the time, like, I have the gift of wisdom. You know, God gave me wisdom. And I knew that because, you know, Pastor Cal at the, you know, church we were at and other people, they would continually say to me, oh, bro, you're so wise. You're so wise. So I figured, that must be my spiritual gift. I have the gift of wisdom. You know, they didn't, yeah, you know. And, uh, and some of you might be thinking, well, yeah, I don't know if I'm special. I don't know if God really does love me. I don't know. I don't really sense that. And I, th I think today and through the course of this series, let God, let the Holy Spirit speak to you. And let him speak to you and, and let him affirm his love for you that he created you just the way he wanted you. You know? And so... Um, that's what we're going to be doing in this series, and because it's so easy, too easy to be unaware, or maybe to ignore the fact that, that God created you for a purpose. You weren't just born, you know, that, that you weren't just one of millions and billions of people who were ever born, but you're special. And that's why we keep going back to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, for we are God's masterpiece. I mean, you're God's masterpiece. I mean, how crazy. You know, I, last week I talked about going to the Getty in, in Los Angeles and seeing all the pictures on the wall. Well, when we look around this room, it's like a living art gallery because we're all God's masterpieces, you know? And it says, we are all God's masterpieces. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And what we find that, you're God's masterpiece. That you weren't just haphazardly thrown together like, oh, the assembly line, and well, okay, you know, here's the arms, put the arms on, here's the legs, and there's the head. And No, 
that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That God made a special, there's never going to be another you ever. There's, n- there's never been another you that was ever born and there's never going to be. That you're one of a kind. And that God created you for a purpose. You know, and that really boggled my mind. That what God created me for a reason? That there, there is a reason and a purpose for why I'm alive? And what we read in Ephesians 2, the answer is yes. And the fact that he created us for this purpose and these good works even before we were born. It was like God looking in all of history and he's saying, well, you know what? For this time, from 1957, you know, till now, this, I'm going to create this guy's name is Mark. And I'm going to let him be born on Boys' Day, May 5th. Because he's going to be a manly man. There's going to be no question he's a boy's boy. That's who he is. And there's a reason and a purpose. And that changed my life. To think that God would do that. And that when we understand how we are shaped, you know, how God wired and designed us, it's going to help us to, it's going to help us to understand that, that there's a purpose, and it's going to help us to walk in that purpose. And that's why this series is so important. That when you discover how God made you, and you can say, yeah, God created me like this for that, and then you just start walking in that. Spiritual gifts are a very important part of our God-given shape. You know, shape is an acrostic, you know, where S stands for spiritual gifts. And every week we're going to look at a different part of the way God has, ma- God has made us, you know. And spiritual gifts are important to our God-given shape. That God has given to each one of us when we, have, we make Jesus Christ our Savior. He just imparts to us these spiritual gifts. It's not just talents or natural abilities. It's something spiritual that God supernaturally gives us. In Romans 12 Verse 4, it says, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is in Christ's body that we are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. And in his grace, God has given us, all of us, different gifts for doing certain things well. See, God has given you at least one spiritual gift. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 and 27 says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us and here's the reason for spiritual gifts. is so that we can help each other. It's to bless others. That God imparts to us a spiritual gift, not that we can go around, I got the gift of whatever. It's to help and to bless others, to fulfill the purpose that he's given us. And all of us together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. And, and what he's saying is, we all got gifts. All of us got gifts. And it's like, we're, the gifts that God has given us is to help the others in our body and in the world. And so when you look around us here, each of us has an important gift to bring to the whole group here. And that, you know, we're not the same without you. you know, and that's why you have John Ford and, and he's all rejoicing because one of their key parts of the New England Patriots, who he's a fan of, you know, he got his... Suspension reduced to zero. And so they start the year with Tom Brady, even though he cheated, you know. <laughs> I'm just kidding, you know. 
But, I mean, soft football, who cares? But anyway, you know, it's like, see, they got a piece back. They needed him. They need every part. And the Bible gives us a list. There's lists in the Bible because there's a whole bunch of spiritual gifts. Now, people argue, are these lists, um, are they the only uh, spiritual gifts that they are? Some people say yes. Some people say no. I don't really know. All I know, there's a whole bunch of gifts, and God's giving you one. Here's some examples in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28. Here are some of the parts of um, God has appointed for the church. First, apostles and second, prophets, teachers, uh, those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages, speak in tongues. You know, those are some of the gifts. God's given some of you some of those. In 1 Corinthians um, 12, verse 8 to 10, it says, to <clears throat> one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. See? Yeah, why? You know, to others, the same Spirit uh, gives a message of special knowledge. Uh, the same Spirit gives faith to another. And someone else, uh, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and the other another to uh, the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or another Spirit. So others, uh, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. See, there's a whole bunch of other gifts. And then in Romans 12, verse 6, in His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If God has given you a gift of serving, you know, to serve well. If God, you're a teacher, then teach well. If gift is encourage others, you know, just go and encourage people. If it's giving, give generously. If God's given you the gift of leadership, what do you do? You take responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. There's a whole bunch of spiritual gifts that God gives to us, and, and you have at least one of them. And why that's so important is because, you know, it, it's so important because when we come together and all of us got, our, got gifts, you know, we can rise up because we're all important. Like if you're sick and you're in the hospital, what do you want there? You want someone with the gift of healing there, right? You want someone with the gift of mercy there, you know? I mean, if, if you, know, you, you're, you need help in, in certain decisions you, you're making, well, what do you need? You need wisdom. You know, if you're moving house, you know, who are the people that are going to volunteer and want to go? The people with the gift of help. So they go, yeah, we, we love serving. You know? And that's how the body works together. And why is it important for you personally to know your spiritual gifts? Well, one reason is knowing our spiritual gifts affirm God's love for you. When you understand and you embrace and receive that God has given you spiritual gifts, it should tell you, it should affirm to you how much God loves you because you're special, that he handpicked certain gifts to give to you. You know? He says, you know, gift of music. Mark, no, not Mark. Let's give it to Jared. Jared, yes, give Jared the gift of music. You know? Why not Mark? No, we'll give Mark something else. You know, and knowing our spiritual gifts affirm God's love. You know, as we read early in First Corinthians twenty-seven, twelve twenty-seven, is that we're all precious and we're all special to God. That each one of us is a vital part of the body, 
And it's the same thing with our human bodies. You know, every part is important. You know? If someone says, well, you know, you have a whole bunch of parts of your body, you know, um, would you care to make a donation to someone else? Well, it's rough. Well, what do you give? You know, and, and I talk about our college group, and Jared was part of that group. Um, we, we had a college group at the church we were at, and um, for, I think it was Jared who thought of the name. Was, we're, we're called the Big Toe. And I don't know why we were called the Big Toe, but we were called the Big Toe. And then we talked about why it's important that uh, even your big toe is important, right? And here in Hawaii, we all know why our big toe is so important. Because if you didn't have your big toe, what couldn't you do? Couldn't wear slippers, right? You'd be like, what's going on? You know, because if you're slipping off, because there's no big toe, right? I mean, it'd be weird if, you know, like, well, you would have to wear shoes all the time. You know, and some of you haven't worn shoes ever in your life, Vern. Vern, <laughs> you never have a big toe. What are you going to do? Oh, I got to wear shoes now, you know? And I think that's the reason we call ourselves the big toe, because we're kind of small, and yet we're really important to the body, you know? And every part of our body is important. It's the same thing with all of us. We're important because God has given us spiritual gifts that everyone else needs, you see. And God created us to make this unique contribution. And if you hear anything, know this, that, that you were not an accident, that God created you purposefully, that you are not gifted by accident. It wasn't like, hey, I got a bunch of gifts, rough take, and he threw it in the air and he just grabbed it. No. He said, okay, you know, for this person, their, in their life and their purpose, I'm going to give them this. You know, I'm going to give Justin Pinocchio this. You know, I'm going to, you know what? Chris Rhodes got important. I'm going to give him this. You know? Max Fowler, he's really important. Yeah, we'll give Max a couple. Yeah. You see? And God created you, and in his wisdom, he gave you these particular spiritual gifts. And it wasn't by accident. And it's to help and to bless others. And we're all important. You know, it's just like a puzzle, right? Any of you ever made those puzzles? My dad and I used to love to make puzzles, and we just make puzzles. And, and after a while, you know, the whole deal with the puzzles was what? It's like to just kind of look, and you see this one, and, and you just know exactly where it goes, right? One try, bang, you put it in, like, whoo, you know, like that. And if you're a pu puzzle person, that's what we did, <laughs> you know? The rest of you guys, I don't know. But anyway, but, you know, you come to the end, right? And, and, and what happens if there's one puzzle piece missing? It like wrecks the whole thing, right? Just like, just not right. You know, it could be a thousand piece puzzle and you have 999, but if that one is missing, it just drives you crazy. It's like you just feel like, oh, let's just go to the store, get another one. Right? Right? And you have little kids or dogs, you know how that is. You know, you, you're going to lose one. And... And that's when you think of the body of Christ, that's what you think. When one of us isn't there and one of us isn't walking in our gifts, we're missing something. You know, we, we're missing out on something. The, the picture isn't complete. And that knowing your spiritual gifts will help you to understand and to embrace the fact that God loves you so much that you're special. The other thing, knowing your spiritual gifts is important because it affirms God's purpose for your life. When you understand your, what your spiritual gifts are, it helps you 
to understand what your purpose is. And you can have confidence. And you can begin to walk in that purpose because God's giving you the tools you needed, right, to walk in those good works that he prepared beforehand. And every human being, we have this desire to accomplish something, to feel significant. All of us have been wired to feel significant because that's how God made us. He's made us for purpose. And so we all want to feel like our lives somehow will make a difference. I just spoke to a friend of mine from high school. You know, it was his birthday yesterday, and I called him up, and, hey, happy birthday, old fella. Thanks, you know, um, welcome to the 58 Club, you know. And I said, how's work going? And he goes, well, work is work. I don't like work. I said, well, what do you do? I don't know. I'm just living. I'm just waiting to die. It's like, what? Yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm just waiting to die. I mean, I said, what kind of existence is that? I said, look, we're 58 years old. You know, more and more we'll get senior discounts. <laughs> and that's something for you to live for. I'm never going to use a senior discount myself. But you, you might use those things. And we were talking and talking, and I was just so sad that, that, that this friend of mine lost something. And he said, well, when you die, you die. And I said, well, no, when you die, you don't die. I said, you know, I talk to you about it all the time. And I said, you know, heaven wouldn't be the same without you. You know, and I said, I know you know. And we talked about that for a little bit. And I said, we're going to get together, you know, and, and we're going to go get breakfast. We're going to eat cream of wheat or something because we're old. We need soft food or something. <laughs> prune juice, you know, something. And we're going to talk about heaven. And he says, I can hardly wait, you know. <laughs> but we're going to, because every person has been created for a purpose. And real joy, and, you know, he was talking about that last night. You know, real joy doesn't come from making a lot of money. You really do. Real joy doesn't come from having a lot of pleasure. It doesn't come from stuff. And, and, and my friend, you know, he's not married at this point, and he has these two dogs, and he's working, and, and he has a lot of stuff. But he understands that real joy doesn't come from those things. That real joy comes from knowing that you matter, and that your life counts. That real joy comes from knowing God, and, how, and knowing that God loves you, and that, and that God created you for a purpose. When you understand that God loves you and that he's created you for a purpose and that you understand and you know this because he's giving you gifts and he's giving you everything you need to accomplish what he's called you to do, then you begin to experience real joy. In John chapter 15, verse 8, it says, By this my Father is glorified, that what? That you bear much fruit and you prove to be my disciples. These things are spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made complete. Your joy may be full. You would experience complete, you would experience true joy. How do you do that? When you begin to bear much fruit. When you begin to walk in the purpose that God has given you. When you begin to exercise those spiritual gifts, you experience joy and your joy becomes full. Nothing else. Nothing else is going to give you that kind of joy. 
Everything else is like, this is good for a time being, but then you know what? I'm going to need something else. This is really good right now, but I'm going to need something else. And it's going to be more and the newer, the better. You're never going to be satisfied. You're not, never going to experience joy. But joy comes when you experience God's purpose for you and you begin walking on it, in it. When you experience this sense of accomplishment, I mean, it, it fills you with joy. I was, we were fixing our bed one morning, and, and, I, and, I, and I told my wife, I said, you know, Joe, I said, if I ever retire from being a pastor, you know what I'd do, right? And none of you will ever guess, well, maybe you might, Isaac, but none of you will ever guess what it is. I said, you know what I'd like to do if I retire? I'd like to be a housekeeper at the Hyatt. And you know what? I, I go around, and I'd fix beds, and and make it really nice, and I vacuum, make it really clean. I'm not wearing the, the, the uniform, I'm not wearing that, but I'm going to do that, and, then, and I'll get some tips, and that'd be like the greatest thing, you know? I, I do that. And, you know, we have someone here, her name is Cheryl Seal, you know, she works at the high, I said, well, maybe you should talk to Cheryl. And I, I said, yeah, maybe I will one day when I ever decide to retire. And why is it? Well, it's because you go into a room, and it's all, it's a mess, right? Because, you know, right, people make it a mess, because they know that the housekeeper is coming, Right, and then so you, every day I would have this this experience, this joy of going to this room that was a mess, and then at the end making it really nice and clean and neat. Right, I mean that'd be great. You have the sense of accomplishment in every room, you know, and you get like two bucks, yeah, and then put it in your pocket, <laughs> and you go to the next room, right? You know, oh, they need more little soaps. You put the little soaps, and you leave the room, and the room's just like perfect. Yeah, and you had that sense of accomplishment, right? I mean, we all want that sense of accomplishment and purpose, and God's given that to us. You know, um, when we were in Los Angeles the other week, you know, um, Dave Oyatomari, um, and if you're ever going to go to Los Angeles or any place like that, see Dave Oyatomari because he'll make you a whole list of places to go and things. And he says, Mark, you got to go to Ikea. You just got to go there. Because we don't have that here, and you're going to love Ikea, you know. And then, um, so I kind of Googled that thing, and I found out that it's really, suppo- it's, you know, it's a Swedish company, right? It's supposed to be pronounced Ikea, but I thought everybody calls it Ikea, right? And a team of researchers from these universities, they did, you know, did, again, did some research, and they identified what they call the Ikea effect, right? And, and you know, this, 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 this store, I guess, with this company is this, you know, everybody, if you're living in Los Angeles, everybody loves Ikea, right? And some of you guys say, yeah, Ikea, I wish we had Ikea here, you know? Um, yeah, but they found that when, what they did was they did research because a lot of the products that they sell at Ikea, you have to do some kind of, it's kind of DIY, right? You kind of, kind of, put stuff together a little bit. And they found that when we get personally involved in a project, we have a greater affection for the end product, you know? And even when we know that it isn't perfect. And one of the researchers for the study described the IKEA effect this way. He said, imagine that you built a table and maybe it came out a little crooked, but to you that table is great because you're the one who created it. It's the fruit of your labor. And that's really the idea behind the IKEA effect. 
that when we know and begin using our spiritual gifts, we experience a joy and satisfaction that like we're personally involved, you know, personally involved in making a difference in our world. That God is somehow using us to make a difference. You know, that's the spiritual gift effect. You know, and after I read that, I thought, because I was kind of was curious about Ikea. I said, man, next time I go to um, uh, Los Angeles, I got to go, you know, and see what they got. How many of you have been to Ikea? Is it? Oh, wow. See, I see. I see. Yeah, I've never been there, you know. And, uh, but that's what spiritual gifts give us. It gives us a sense of satisfaction that we are personally involved in making a difference in our world. That's the power of spiritual gifts. Spiritual gifts are given to bless others and to make a difference. Because that's what it's all about. That the thrill of being used by God to bless others is one of the greatest feelings you could ever have in this world. You know? That if you've never experienced what it's like to use your spiritual gifts and doing something for God, that you're missing out on something so great. That there's a joy that God created you to experience, really. And that's why it's so important that you begin to know and you begin to use the spiritual gifts that God's given you. And what is it, what does God want me to do with our spiritual gifts? See, okay, so what's so important? Well, it's real important because it affirms God's love for us. It affirms God's purpose. But what does God want me to do with these spiritual gifts? Well, the first thing is, is, is we've got to discover it. You've got to discover what your spiritual gifts are. If you don't know what they are, then you're going to miss out on something God has for you. It's so important that you know that God wants you to know what your spiritual gifts are. You know, 1 Corinthians 12.1 says, Now about the gifts of the spirits, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed. I want you to know what they are. Because they'll make all the difference in the world. You know? How can you begin to discover what your spiritual gifts are? Well, you begin to discover your spiritual gifts by, by looking back on your life. Just look back on your life of following Christ and, and just saying, in what ways, in what ways have I served God so far? And what, in what ways have I really enjoyed what I was doing? You know? Um, what has God blessed? The things that I did. Where have people been impacted? Where have I seen results? You know, when you answer those questions, you begin to see like, you know, maybe God is revealing to you, God's going to reveal to you what your spiritual gifts are. For Easter, we did a video, you know, the Murakamis, we did a video, and, you know, it was like a 10-minute video that, that took, a, a, you know, a lot of work. It takes a lot of work to do a video. And one night, you know, Jared and Chris Rose and I and Mel, we were there at the house and we were doing the video. And we had one, two, three people that were just so thrilled doing the video. They had cameras set up and this, and they had the clapper, you know, all this stuff. They were all excited. And they had one person who was like, man, this is taking long. You know, my gift isn't making videos. My gift is starring in videos. No, it's not. I'm just kidding. You know, but they were all excited and they, you know, and they had like checklists, camera, check, you know, sound, check, you know, you know all this stuff. And, and I'm just like, man, this is taking a long while. Can't we just, just do it? See? That night I understood 
three of them, they have a God-given gift for that because they came out amazing. You know? That, that the three of them had a God-given passion for that. And I learned that one of us, that's not our gift. <laughs> it wasn't my gift. Some people, after service, they get together and they count the offering. And they count like, whoo, one, two, whoo, you know. I can't think of anything I would rather not do than count money. <laughs> Sometimes I think that would be hell for me. One, two, three, you know. I, that's not a gift of mine, counting money. Spending money, but not counting money. That's not a gift. But I'm so thankful there are people that have that gift. And so you look back on your life. As you follow the Lord, what are some things you really just enjoyed? And maybe you enjoyed it because God has gifted you in that area. You know, Chris can hardly wait to do another video. He says, Mark, 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 come on, come on, come on, let's do another one. See? You know? Right? <laughs> I don't care if I'm having a baby in five weeks. Doesn't matter. I want to do a video now. In fact, maybe we'll do the video with the baby. You know, I don't know. You guys not, though, right? Yeah, that's, that'd be rough. That'd be, you know, just, yeah, anyway. Yeah, blood. <laughs> now, if you have just become a Christian or you don't have much to look back on as far as service, then what I would encourage you to discover your spiritual gifts is begin experimenting with different kinds of ministries and service. You know, just try to do something. You know, do this and say, you know, I kind of like this. You know, I'm pretty good at this. You know, do that. There is a, a ministry fair coming up in a couple weeks, I believe, and we're going to have it after every service. That gives you an opportunity to sign up for various ministries. You know, sign up for something. And just try it out. And, and you know, you might try it out for a few weeks, and you find, like, nah, that's not for me. Then you come back and say, you know what? I tried it. It's really not for me. And the person in charge of that ministry will tell you, oh, okay, well, you know, after a year, you can switch. No, no, he'll, we'll find something for you to do, all right? You're not stuck because what's more important than us finding people to, to, to fill responsibilities is to find responsibilities that's going to fit you so that you can walk in the purposes God has for you. That is the most important thing, all right? And so if you, you just become a Christian, you don't have much to look, um, you know, look back on, take advantage of the ministry fair. Another tool um, to discover your spiritual gifts is to take like a spiritual gift inventory. And this is like a spiritual gift inventory. And if you're in a small group, and I want to encourage you, get in a small group. You know, there's some there, and some of you think, well, there's none that's really convenient for me. I'll just say, you know what, just start a small group. And in the study guide here, and you have inventories for different, and different exercises for different parts of your shape, you can begin to discover what your spiritual gifts might be. And so take the inventory. That's another way in which you can discover your spiritual gift. And so take advantage of these opportunities. You know, whether it be a ministry fair, a small group, looking back, or you need help. You know, but discover what your spiritual gifts are. And the second thing that God wants you to do is what? Is to use it. Discover what they are, and then, gosh, use those spiritual gifts. And keep growing in them. You know, the 
1 Timothy 4, Paul tells Timothy, don't neglect the spiritual gifts you receive through the prophecies spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. And what Paul is saying is, like, you know, it's so easy to neglect your gifts. But don't ever neglect, just keep on using these gifts. And gifts are like everything else. It's like, you don't, like, get automatically because you have the gift of teaching or whatever, that you're going to be great from the very start. It don't work that way, you know, that, that you're going to have to grow. You're going to exercise those gifts. You know, all of us will say, you know, Jared has a really great gift in music, right? You know, Kevin Okimoto is another one. He has a gift of music, of entertaining people. But at the beginning, they all had to learn how to play guitar. And I remember when Jared was in our college group, he wasn't as good as he was today. But he had to learn. That doesn't mean he didn't have the gift of music. But he had it. But you got to keep, you got to keep practicing. You got to keep exercising. And you got to use your gift. You got to keep growing in your gift. You know, that it, it's so easy to neglect. Say, man, I'm so busy. You know, I'm so busy. And just, you know, other things that are more important. You know, I got other things that I really need to do. Or, or maybe it's like, nah, I'm just kind of lazy. If spiritual gifts are important enough for God to handpick this gift, to give it to you, there's a reason why he did that. And so I want to encourage you, you got to keep using it. you got to keep growing in it, you know. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, it says, That is why I remind you, this is Paul again telling Timothy, That is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. And he says, you know, why you got to, you, you know, it's like a fire is small. And, and when you're just getting a fire started, you got to fan the thing so it gets bigger, put more oxygen, and it grows bigger. And that's what Paul is saying is that you, know, you got to keep fanning that spiritual gift. You got to keep using that spiritual gift. You got to keep growing. You know, just because you're gifted in an area doesn't mean that it's just going to be easy from the beginning. This, we're not living in the matrix where it's like, hey, tag. No, let me drive this helicopter. All right, I can drive the helicopter now. You can't do that. Don't work that way. You know, I want to fight like Bruce Lee, all right? Ooh, you know, no, no, don't work that way. You know, we got to work at it. Just because you got a gift doesn't mean it's going to be easy. If, if you're an athlete, right? And athletes, athletes aren't just gifted. Um, they're gifted, but they're not just like perfect in what they do. Right? I mean, there are guys who, you know, like go to the gym and take care of their bodies. I mean, you know, it, it, they don't have a body like this just overnight. Right? <laughs> right? It just don't happen like that. You know, if you're a teacher who's gifted, God's given you the gift of teaching, the more you teach, the better you are. You know, my son is a teacher at Roosevelt. And he said, you know, last year was, was okay. But he said, man, this year... You know, it's so much better. I've gotten so much better after one more year because it's just exercising that gift. See, you get better. Um, you got to know and you got to use your spiritual gifts. You know, Pixar, you know, to date, you know, Pixar has about, what, 15 or so um, successful movies, you know, Toy Story movies. You know, they had the Brave, Finding Nemo, and... And that weird movie that's out now, you know, Inside Out, right? 
about feelings and all that. And how do they manage to keep producing all these amazingly high-quality kind of movies? Well, one reason, and I was reading this, this thing, is that um, they invest in their employees by creating this climate where they can grow in using and expanding their gifts. See? That's the culture that they want to develop there. Pixar's headquarters houses you know, this place called Pixar University. And um, the former university uh, head told a reporter, why are we teaching filmmaking to accountants? Yeah, that's kind of strange, right? How, why, why are they teaching accountants you know, how to do filmmaking? And uh, he explains, if you treat accountants like accountants, they're going to act like accountants. In other words, he says, ex, um, Pixar expects its employees to do their job, but the, the Pixar leaders also encourage their employees to grow and to learn and be equipped to develop and employ their gifts and abilities. See? You know, you should grow. You see? But that's what they do. There's this culture of, you know, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna help people become everything like how God created them to be. All their gifts. They, if they're an accountant, they're good at numbers, but you know what? They might have some latent kind of like creativity and film. You know, and, and they're going to create a culture where people can aspire to just use their gifts and their abilities. And, you know, that's just a movie company. God in his wisdom and his love that he's given us a call and a purpose that is so much greater than just producing entertaining movies. That he's called us on a mission with eternal consequences. You know, this is, this is, this is a great adventure that God's given to us. And, and he's given this mission that started with his son, the Lord Jesus, and Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. And he's saying, and now I'm calling you, the church, to carry on this mission, you know, and to make the way for all of mankind to be reconciled with their Father in heaven. And he says, I'm going to give gifts. And for them to accomplish this mission, they're going to have to know what their gifts are. They're going to have to grow, and they're going to have to use these gifts that we can accomplish all that God has. You see, I started this message by saying that God created us for a purpose, you know, and that, that we are all his masterpieces. And God shaped us in a specific way, in a unique way. And discovering and using your spiritual gifts is so powerful. And the tragedy would be is that, that we would never know and that we would never use those spiritual gifts that the tragedy would be is that God's given us these gifts, but we never take time to unwrap those gifts in our lives. That God's given you powerful gifts and, and, and things that will help you to live this life of purpose, but we never take time to unwrap those gifts. In 2013, the Harvard Business Review had this article about gift cards. You know, we, we all give them, we all receive them. And they said 39%, 39.2% of all the shoppers purchase a department store gift card for their friends and family. They said 33% of the shoppers, you know, give restaurant gift cards. 
But here's the crazy part. But according to estimates reported in the Journal of State Taxation, the typical American home has an average of $300 of unused or unredeemed gift cards. And these cards are often misplaced. They're um, accidentally thrown out, only partially redeemed. And here's the mind-blowing thing, all right? Between 2005 and 2011, six years, $41 billion of gift cards went unused. $41 billion of gift cards were never, ever used. And we look at that, we think like, whoa, we're shocked. We're stunned because $41 billion, man, we think, man, if I just had one-tenth of that, how great would that be, Right? And, and we're shocked by that, and we think, man, what a waste, right? And then if you're my generation living in Hawaii, you say, oh, so poho that. Right? And I don't know what language poho is, but it's like, oh, what a waste is what it is. And that's how God feels when we don't unwrap and use our spiritual gifts. That God has handpicked gifts for us, powerful gifts that we would begin to live this amazing life of purpose and how tragic it would be if we never unwrapped those gifts. You know? I want to encourage you. Take time. Discover those gifts. Use them. If you don't know what they are, you know, look back. Join a small group. You know, sign up for ministry fair stuff. Take time to discover your spiritual gifts because it's so important. Right? That's the first part of your unique God-given shape. And this week in your small groups, or whenever your small groups start, you're going to be talking about all about these spiritual gifts and, and fill out, filling out that inventory. All right? So you don't want to miss that. So why don't you stand with me? Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your amazing love for us that you have uniquely shaped us and that you have handpicked these spiritual gifts that you have given us. And Father, I pray that everyone here, that we would unwrap these gifts, that we would begin to use these gifts. And if it's a matter of discovering them, that we would take the time to discover what they are. And if it's a matter of using that we would use them. And Lord, for some of us, Lord, we're thinking like, well, you know, I would love these spiritual gifts. And spiritual gifts come when we accept Jesus as our Savior. And I pray that today, that there would be people who say, you know, I'm going to take that first step. That I'm going to is my Savior. I'm tired of just living my life. That I want to live my life with a sense of purpose. And so, Father, I pray that for every, any person here who says, you know, Jesus, I want you to be my Savior. Come into my life, God. I pray that today that you would begin to show them, even right now, what those spiritual gifts that you're giving them. So that they would begin to live a life of purpose. So thank you, Lord, for your love for us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, there's refreshments in the back. When you eat those refreshments, you're going to know that Karen Gardner has a gift of making good refreshments. All right? So go and check that out. Sign up for Shape. See Pastor Max if you want to join Alpha. Have a great week.